Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Entertainment Expansion. We are your hosts, Tyler Callahan and Mike Ferrante. Mike, how are you doing this week? Uh, Tyler, you know me. I'm chilling. It's good. Uh, I need you to chill because we we're starting a new series. Uh, we talked about this for a couple months now. You brought up the idea. You know, it's a good idea. We've worked on it. We've come up with a list. And, yeah, throughout 2020, we have a new series of discussions because, obviously... You know, based on the landscape right now, 2020 is not going to be a huge year, huge year for movies. So we thought this would be a great chance to talk about some previous work. Mike, what are we doing? Since it was your idea, introduce it. Well, we're starting up the director series where we take a deep dive into certain directors and their movies that we have seen. Now, we do go out of our way to watch the majority some directors, it will be nearly impossible as they direct everything under the sun. But today we are starting with very famous and very few movie director, none other than Christopher Nolan. That's right. Christopher Nolan, I think, is a perfect person to start out with. Like you mentioned, obviously some directors who have been out of 30, 40 years, Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, obviously, they each have 10, 15, maybe even 20 films under their belt. It's obviously simply too much, at least to start with. But Nolan is perfect. Um, he's done a good amount of films. And we've both watched about eight apiece. Um, the main one we both have not watched is Insomnia. But besides that, from Memento all the way to Dunkirk, we have watched his movies. We have enjoyed his movies. And we have picked up uh, quite a few things that Nolan does. And that's part of what the series is about, is picking up some of the traits that they use and we're not talking about oh tarantino's uh foot fetish ha 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 no like actual things they use in storytelling and directing style so mike if you'd be so kind can you give a quick rundown on some of the movies because besides the batman movies maybe some people haven't heard of these so we'll start with his first work memento it's about a man who's got short-term memory loss he can't remember anything after 24 hours Everything is gone. That whole day is gone. So every day he, re- he has the restart button. And this is caused by a home invasion where his wife was brutally murdered and raped. And it is the story about him trying to find her killer and get revenge. And then obviously we go into his second film, Batman Begins. This is Nolan's first stab at the comic book universe. Followed by The Prestige two dueling magicians for the top spot of would you say it's victorian era i'd say less victorian it uh it was late 1800s early 1900s what they were doing at the best way to say it's turn of the century yeah turn of the turn 20th of the century. century for the top spot magician and the line of det- betrayal and deceit begins throughout two friends who eventually become adversaries Followed by The Dark Knight Rises. No need to explain that. I'm sure everyone in the room has seen that movie. You mean The Dark Knight? Yeah, sorry. My mistake. Followed by Inception, Nolan's deep dive into the subconscious and dream heists. Then, to the movie I kind of jumped ahead earlier, Dark Knight Rises. His third and final stab at the comic book universe and his last Batman film. Then we have Interstellar. His voyage into space, starring none other than the man who likes to gaze at stars through his Lincoln, Matthew McConaughey, 
on his journey to find a new earth for human race to live on. And finally, we have Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan's only shot into a war movie, obviously, about the Battle of Dunkirk in World War II. Yeah, that, uh, that wraps it up pretty well uh, about some of the movies we'll be talking about. And I should also mention, since a lot of these movies are 5, 10, 15 years old, open season on spoilers. If we need to make a point, that's something we will spoil, especially uh, for movies like uh, Memento and The Prestige. So if you don't really care about the spoilers or you've seen all the movies we've mentioned, then please continue listening. So I think the best way we're going to do this right now, and obviously since we just started the series, you know, maybe we'll place a couple uh, things on how we do this series. But I think the best way to start is I'll pick some that I noticed throughout his movies. You pick some what you picked up throughout his movies, and we'll just we'll just talk about it. Well, you know, maybe you agree with my theory about what he does. Maybe I disagree with what you know whatever your your thing is. And then at the end, we'll give our quick ranking about what we think are his better movies, and that'll be it. And obviously, you know, people want to email in, but let me get started with. And I definitely noticed that I had to catch up with the Prestige and Memento to get ready for this. Christopher Nolan loves time. He loves time as a story element, be it uh, Memento, be it Interstellar, pacing of the movie, Inception, Dunkirk, the way uh, Dunkirk specifically, you have three separate groups, three separate times that eventually each meet up in the current timeline. Doesn't matter much to say is how time uh, is as important in, say, Interstellar with the different planets. No, but it's something he didn't have to do, but he still did it anyway. And obviously, I think he uses it to greater success in some movies than others. I think Memento basically seeing the climax and working backwards until the beginning, along with him, the main character, keep forgetting everything. I think that was a good use of it. And I think Inception... With how each layer, the previous layer, like time slows down, I think was also a good use of it. They use it to get more time as they're running out of time within the first layer. Which is a great plot device, so you can have all those sweet action set pieces and not be wondering, um, should, like like the van crashing into the river, like, shouldn't it crash by now? Why the on jet skis? Like, they wrote that pretty well. Um, I thought Interstellar, I thought the time thing with, with the planets was fine. I have other issues with the movie on that one. But like, I mean, did you notice uh, time used throughout the different movies? Or do you think it yeah. was used better in some other ones? Absolutely. I'd say Memento is the mm-hmm. biggest one. Because that movie is essentially piecing time together. And it's kind of a very beautiful art tell of him piecing his life together and his journey together. Picture by picture, tattoo by tattoo, back to... The conclusion and at the same, the beginning, as well as Interstellar, you know, time was huge in that movie. And like Inception, as you said, but as far as time goes, I'm going to have to agree. I mean, of course, his other movies, the uh, Batman movies, not really heavy into time, like at all, which is fun. Yeah, they're pretty straightforward, linear. Yeah, we don't need Batman Back to the Future. It's not necessary. But another thing, if I may bring up, is Christopher Nolan not only likes his time, but almost every single movie there is a twist. And he's not known to be a twist director, but funny enough, he's got a twist in every single movie. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the size and the magnitude of the twist is obviously different for each one. But you're right, for the most part, most, if not all of his movies, have some kind of twist. I feel Dunkirk is the only one that doesn't have a twist. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say the twist for Dunkirk is Tom Hardy gets arrested at the end or maybe killed. That's, I guess you can call that a twist. Like, oh, yeah, you're thinking he's going to survive and, like, you know, bring back home, celebrate. No. He uh, lands on. I feel invaded. it's less of a twist and just more depressing. Yeah. I'm like, all right, great. Uh, so he's, he's dead. But no, you're right. I mean, Memento, uh, the twist being, is he or is he not Jenkins? Has this already happened before? And then you're kind of left thinking, I mean, do you believe the officer or not? The Prestige, obviously, that had multiple twists in like 20 minutes, in the last 20 minutes of the movie. Uh, if anything, that that's his most twisty movie. Yes, it worked. Probably but, his best for the twist. For the twist, I would say so. Yeah. Inception. Not really much of a twist in that one. No, it's just more of an of an uh, ambiguous ending. Yeah. With the totem, but if you pay attention in the movie, it's not that amb- ambiguous. His totem is actually the uh, wedding ring and not the spinning top. So yes. it, 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 it it's a nice misdirection from Nolan. You focus on the totem so much, but if you miss that line of dialogue. You know that that totem actually doesn't matter if it stays or drops. Right. And Stella, uh, you, you have the twist about the, uh, what do you call them? Like the fourth dimensional beings? Yes, that the twist where it was the mind-blowing Matthew McConaughey getting himself to go out and venture into space. We'll get into that further later, but that was kind of a massive twist. Um, let's not forget all the twists in the Dark Knight trilogy. It's true. Yep. Uh, Decker Ducard is Ra's al Ghul. Twist number one, not that big. Uh, twist two, Batman taking the fall for Harvey Dent. Didn't really see that coming. And then uh, the really bad twist for Dark Knight Rises, where his love interest is actually Ra's al Ghul's daughter. For some reason is pissed that he you know, killed her dad, and we never got really anything that they were close, but anyway. Uh, uh, twist to twist. Doesn't mean it's good. Um, I mean, obviously it's not a big point. It's more just one of those, like, funny things you pick up, but uh, it really does seem like Christopher Nolan has a contract that if he ever makes a feature film, uh, Michael Caine has to have some kind of role in it. Yeah? For the most part. I mean, obviously, yeah, alright, fine. He wasn't in Memento. But Dunk- from Batman Dunk- Begins on, yes. It wasn't in Dunkirk. It wasn't in Dunkirk, but all right. So Batman Begins is 2005. Dunkirk is 2017. 12-straight year of Christopher Nolan movies and Michael Mike Caine having some kind of role. And he's back for Tenet. Yes. So. You know, you like working with certain actors. You keep them, keep them employed. The British stick together, don't they? Which is seen throughout a lot of his films, actually. He worked with Christian Bale several times. Yeah. I guess he just likes the cast of Batman. Yeah, I guess so. Tom Hardy uh, for three of his movies now. Yeah, Christian Bale for technically four. four. Yep. And Michael Caine for the win for, like, six. Well, that's Michael Caine's, like, trophy to lose at this point. Like, Christian Bale's got to come back for three straight. (laughs) So... I guess before um, we get to the rankings, 
personal highs and lows of the known films that you see? Like, was there any movie that stood out to you as being really good and why? Or was there any that stood out for not hitting its mark and why? Okay, so we'll start with the positive first. I think Prestige was is a very underrated film of his because it's not a movie that, you know, you're like, yeah, you know what, I've really been looking forward to seeing that because, let's be serious, it's not that pulling of a story. Like, who really cares who's the best magician at the turn of the century? It doesn't seem like it would be that enticing. But yeah. he did a wonderful job with especially the big twist, like where Michael Caine was right. Christian Bale was using a body double for his big special act. Yeah, the vanishing man, the disappearing person. Where Christian Bale somehow had a identical twin brother and they were both living a single life, which you do see throughout the movie. And basically, everyone turns on Hugh Jackman and lets him. Or, yeah, they kind of kill Hugh Jackman, don't they? No, no, yeah. I mean, I watched it yesterday. You know, he, he died. He's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever version of the clone they were on, but yeah, he's dead. You're right about the prestige. Um, I wasn't sure. I will say, prestige almost lost me at about the first third of the movie. Um, because after they split up, and you mentioned how all their friends turned enemies, they weren't really friends. I mean, it felt like they tolerated themselves as co-workers. But when they kept showing up, you had the montage almost of a, oh, can I have a volunteer? Someone comes up, you know, you know, he's haggard, he's got a big bushy beard, and then you know, Hugh Jackman or uh, Christian Bale take a look, and it's like, oh shit, it's him. And then they fuck up the act, somehow ruins their life in some way, and the movie moves forward. After the second or third time, it became comical. But you're right. That that twist, I think, is the most well-done twist Chris Nolan has ever done. Because it's not just a twist for sake of a twist. Sometimes, like how Shyamalan does a twist. The twist works because not only is it like a mind-breaking twist, when you think about the movie you just watched and try and piece it together, it fits completely. Yep. The, the wife... Uh, complaining to Christian Bale, how, you know, how'd your fingers, you know, get purple again? How they injured again? We can't afford the doctor. Well, that just happened because a few days ago they had to chop him off the brother, so it's a fresh injury. Same thing with the wife. Some days you say you love me, you mean it. Some days you don't, because the other one's in love with Scarlett Johansson. So, and that makes you feel more bad for them because when he started falling in love with her and cheating on the wife, I thought, wow, so he's just a piece of shit like uh, Hugh Jackman. Turns out, not really. At least not in that way. So, definitely, the twist worked the best there. I did have an issue with how it wasn't really explained where Michael Caine joined Christian Bale in completing this. It, but I it's like, a, like it was shortly after Hugh Jackman was kind of like killing clones of himself, like verbatim. Like once Michael Caine saw him hiding and want like hiding what's happening to it and doesn't want him to know. Yeah. Because I guess we have to assume Michael Caine snuck back there one night and then saw the many clones of himself. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty evil, actually. I think just... I don't know. Because, I mean, obviously we're not going to go this whole debate of it's killing a clone murder, but... Uh, yeah, it's w- definitely a gray area. I wouldn't say initially evil, but I would say it shows he's a broken man who only cares about being number one. 
Um, and you see that at and, the end when he cares yeah. more about the book and the secrets than, you know, because at first he was, uh, he he ran on passion to get revenge for his wife and beat Christian Bale. But by the time, you know, he wants a secret in the book, you know, who, who gives a fuck about the wife? It's all about him being number one. You know, he lost its way. Well, I guess let's talk about the Batman movies. Um, obviously a huge chunk of Christian Nolan's career. While Memento did get him on the map, it is Batman Begins and Dark Knight, and obviously that made him a superstar director that, you know, the common man knows. Everyone knows of him now. Some of the best superhero movies of all time, 10, 15 years now. Batman Begins, 15 years old almost. Uh, obviously, I would, I think you would agree Dark Knight Rises is the weakest of the three? Yes. Yeah. This doesn't have anything to do with your uh, personal rankings for in a few minutes, but... Did you like Batman Begins more or less than The Dark Knight? Like, if you had to pick one of those two. Just by himself, so you don't have to... I don't know, because they told a different side of Batman. You know they what did. I mean? Because I always, I always like the origin story of Batman. How he gets into crime fighting, how he got his suit or made his suit, whatever you want to... Storyline we want to go into, but... Him and Batman Begins, you see him more as the street brawler. And doing more detective work whereas the dark knight that was kind of convoluted you do see him do a little bit of street brawling but dark knight more focused on the more technological side of batman yeah i mean i've so had to pick one i'd uh i'd pick dark knight but batman begins is a solid movie william meeson is a great villain he honestly should do more villain roles i mean taken are, are, are you saying murdering hundreds of people to rescue your daughter makes him a villain? Well, no, but I'm saying that, that you know, after a while, as Deadpool said, it's just bad parenting. <laughs> he's kind of just kind of got a point there. Look, I mean, we get it. Taking three was a mistake, but still. They're, they're really taking their time. So. Um, movie. All right. So I guess the movie I had the most issues with is i guess interstellar is my is the nolan movie i've had the most issue with and i think i've had the most issue with it because up until the final act i was on board with it i thought it was a pretty good movie i really did think that uh going to see oh if these fourth dimensional beings it's matthew mcconaughey that sends that signals murph in the past to start the entire movie it's just those time loops, if they're not explained carefully, they don't work. Because then I was left thinking, okay, so how did the cycle start? Or is this the initial cycle? But how did the initial cycle start? Because he needed to get up then in space. Yeah, so that's that's kind of why I liked it, though, because it, it, it kind of hurts your head when you think about it. Who who's the first Matthew McCona- McConaughey to go up to space? And what was the reason? Because someone had to start, well... A version of him had to start the cycle at one point. So it did, was yeah. it Matthew McConaughey that just didn't care at all about his kids? I was like, yeah, fuck it, dude. I'll go to space. All right, let's do it. But I, I can see where you have issues. Like, I don't necessarily you, but... Okay, I don't mind. I, I like it when a film makes me think, but it needs to be logical. Like, I don't want to be going around in circles in my head trying to come up where the first Matthew McConaughey came. 
when watching the movie, there was no spot for it to start. You know, um, like if they if the fourth dimensional beings showed Matthew McConaughey different universes or different timelines where a different version of him started, like like you said, maybe he doesn't care about his kids, wants to go to space, then I could be more understanding of it. They didn't do that. Um, it's a beautiful space movie. I will say that oh. uh, spaceship design was great. The acting was great. Matt Damon's a fucking asshole in the movie, but you know he played that part great. Uh, it's just the ending really, I it ruined it for me. So you weren't a fan of that twist. I was not a fan of that twist, no. But yeah, for the most part, I've really enjoyed Christopher Nolan's movies. He is again, he's like that Quentin Tarantino uh, kind of guy where you will get consistency from him, and that makes me all the more excited for Tenet because. Guess what he's doing there? He's doing stuff for time. Yeah. And this yep. time, we get a preview of our new Batman with Robert Patterson. Uh, let's let's not go that heavy-handed on it. It's very different when you're doing a movie about time than being Batman. But as far as my movie I had the biggest problems with with him, it was probably Dunkirk. Okay, and why is that? Like, I get it. It's a war movie. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, it's in no means a bad movie, but uh, it it made it hard for me to enjoy watching the movie because you don't really get character development. You're kind of shown these characters and you're like, all right, well, why do I really care? Like, why do I care if these guys make it out or not? You know what I mean? I see your point, but I would like to counteract your point with uh, you're not supposed like. I'm not saying you're not supposed to care about them, but like the point is the reason they get no character development is that they're just regular soldiers in a massive war. Like they're not they're not heroes. Yeah, I know I know, I get it, but even if they're not heroes, more development of just like let's say it was the main main young man that we follow from the beginning. You know, you kinda gotta give me a reason on why I want this guy to just live. And I get it. He's not supposed to be different from anyone else. But that's not how storytelling in a movie works. You know what I mean? You want to engage your audience. You want your audience to care about the characters, especially the lead characters, and if they make it out or not. Okay, so you feel his decision on just making a more realistic story about the battle instead of adding some characteristics to some of the characters made it for a more boring movie. Yes. I mean, the actual battle stuff was pretty cool to watch. I enjoyed that aspect of it, but it just, it was hard for me to get interested. Okay. I mean, I think that's a fair point. Um, like yeah. some of the great war movies, right? Full Metal Jacket, Saving Private Ryan, Jarhead, stuff like that, where now granted they're not true tellings of a story, but technically neither is this. It's a depiction of a true event. We're given characters, and we want them to survive. We've, we know these characters. We're invested in them. I understand. Uh, watching Tom Hardy uh, count down mileage on his plane on a notebook isn't the most interesting character development. No, but I feel like Tom Hardy's character was the most developed, and he wasn't the main. See, I feel it was the people on the boat, the civilians, and Killian uh, Murphy were the most developed. I wouldn't even say Killian Murphy was that developed. He was just kind of, you know, showed up, shell-shocked, caused a kid to die. Spoiler. But there was not much depth, if you know what I mean. 
like it was kind of a each character was kind of a one song one song kind of character no i i I can agree with you there i mean sometimes depending on the type of movie i don't really care like i don't need character development so i was more fine with watching the events of dunkirk play out but no you're right there's definitely like because to be honest i remember the actors that played harry styles tom hardy i don't know the names of characters i don't know their names which you know that's fine i guess if you're going for you know, everyone's equal in war and no one's special, which is fine. Maybe Nolan wanted to make a straight-up proper, realistic war movie that portrayed the events accurately, and it's more for a film that down the road will be shown in school and history classes, like one of those movies. Maybe that's what he was going for. Yeah, it's possible. Um, Because I know definitely... Very in-depth storytelling and character development, it was kind kind of strange not to see that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, especially considering the past few movies he's done up until then, to have, like, all that just taken away. I get that, yeah. And I, I don't think we'll have that issue with Tenant. It seems like they're focusing yeah. on two main characters with the unique situation they're in. Should definitely be some character development there. So, I think with that, uh, we'll give our personal rankings. Uh, Mike, do you have your list ready? Uh, yes. I think uh, I do. All right, so from worst to best, what do you got? Worst, I'm going to have to go with Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Just because, you know, I feel like it's not the movie he originally intended to make, and it kind of shows the acting wasn't as strong in it, especially the death of Talia Ogul, where, you know, she just kind of, like, shivers and then dies. That really <laughs> took me out of it. Like, that was just awful. I don't know whose idea it was to keep but- that in. Could we not afford a second cut? Like, yeah. I, I'm kind of curious. At, like, is that a realistic way people die after a car crash? Uh, some sort. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, which, by the way, but, as she's slow dying into the back, like the back of the seat, like you have a bomb that's about to go off. Yeah. Then it would probably be Dunkirk. Ooh. This is this is where it gets kind of tricky, because now we're we're into the meat and potatoes here. I'm going to have to go Inception, just because if you take away all the cool stuff and effects they had in the movie, the story is not the greatest. Like, the movie's awesome. Yeah. But take away the effects, it's not much there. I will say, like, everyone says, oh, you know, Inception, you know, so complex. If you think about it, it ain't that complex. Interstellar is more complex and prestigious. Like they're 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 essentially just Freddy Krueger on steroids. That's that's all they are. It's Freddy Krueger trying to steal some thoughts. That's basically yeah. it with with guns. Yes, and a lot of slow motion action scenes and world building. Then I'll probably do Batman Begins, Interstellar, Memento, Prestige, and it's it's gotta be the Dark Knight. Dark Knight is number one. I mean, it's a solid pick. All right, so for my list, kind of going to be similar to you. Worst the best, I got Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Batman Begins, Inception. Then I think I'm going to go with... Ooh, this is where it gets hard. Memento and Prestige Dark Knight. It was close. I know, because like, he hasn't made a bad movie, so once you get past... 
your least favorite, it's kind of hard to judge them because a lot of them are very different and very unique and beautiful in their own way. They are, yeah. I mean, obviously, I think the good thing about Chris Nolan is, yeah, it's obviously has stuff he does normally, you know, has Michael Caine, he has, you know, he uses time, twists. He does vary a lot. Psychological thriller and, and memento, period piece drama in The Prestige, superhero movies, space movie, heists, war movie. Like, while he has a lot of things that are similar that he uses in his uh, arsenal of uh, skills, he does do unique films. Yes. And, I mean, we don't know what Tenant looks like yet, but seems to be, right um, now, just get, like an action get movie. A lot of interstellar and inception vibes on the way it's filmed like i don't want to say sci-fi not yet but i don't know it feels kind of going a little science fiction there with the with yeah. those time time pockets i think they're definitely heavily going into science fiction yeah i mean we'll need to see that in a few months and see but that would be that, that that's it for our, our discussion about christopher nolan breaking down what we saw and watching his movies what we thought was good and bad Mike, if anyone has thoughts about Chris Van Allen and the movies he's made, uh, where can they let us know? Well, as always, feel free to let us know at our email, entertainmentexpansion.com. Don't like that method? That's quite all right. Come on down to our Instagram page. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment on our last post. Send us a direct message. Let us know what you think. What are your favorite Chris Van Allen films? And finally, you got to check out our YouTube channel. You're never going to guess what we named it. That's right. It's entertainment expansion. Real simple. Type it in. We know you're bored. Go right ahead. There's a lot of stuff you're going to like. Yeah, definitely. A lot of good stuff up there. We just recently posted our thoughts on the Oscars. About to post our stuff on Birds of Prey. Uh, we got some good stuff up there. And obviously this will be a part of it. And expect, uh, if this works out, next few weeks, uh, we'll be doing another uh, director discussion. So look out for that as well. That'll be it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening and see you next time.